Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. And so we're in the series, as you probably saw, called The Good Work. And as Anna mentioned, we're in episode number three. All right. And so today is going to be an interesting episode because we're dealing with the life of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah goes through this amazing series of events. You know, he, he deals with the different things and he deals with his heart being broken. He deals with his compassion for people. He deals with all the things that go on against him. But he set his mind on what he's called to do. And that's the good work. The good work that God has called every single one of us to do. Because all of us have been called to do amazing things. So today, the title I have for you is this. It's going to, you're going to love it. It's called Haters Gonna Hate. <laughs> right? Haters Gonna Hate. Sometimes it's just how it is. Let me tell you a story about an amazing guy that I actually looked up to in my life. I still look up to him. He was a young guy. He had a passion for writing, and you know, he wrote all these amazing stories, and he would document you know, this great imagination, and he would send it off to different publishers, and they would all send back letters of rejection, saying, it's not good enough, it's not smart enough, it's not intelligent enough, it's not great enough, we don't want this, send it to someone else. And so he got lots and lots of rejection letters. And so... He took one of his stories and he threw it into the trash or into the rubbish because he said, this is just not good. No one likes it. No one really enjoys it. So what's the point of me wasting my time doing this over and over? And he threw it out into the trash. But thank God for godly wives and thank God for his wife. And I thank God for my godly wife. But his wife said, no. She went, she took it out of the trash and she gave it to him and said, you need to finish this because this is a great story. So... Being encouraged by his wife, he finished the story, he sent it out, and eventually it got published. And that author's name was Stephen King. And now he sold over 350 million copies of his books. And most of his books have been made into major movies and things like that. But here's what I want to leave you. No matter where you are in life, no matter where you are in this world, you're going to face opposition. It's just a part of life. It might come from people that dislike you, but it also might come from people that are in your corner that say they're going to support you, your friends. And sometimes it might even come from in your family. Because not everyone sees what you see. Not everyone understands what you understand. See, the important principle is this. How successful we are is determined by our ability to overcome opposition. How successful we end up in life is our ability to overcome opposition. If we shrink, if we back down, if we give up too early, we'll never get to that place of success that we're supposed to. Because not everyone is going to believe in you. Not everyone is going to cheer you on. Not everyone is going to support you. That's how it is. And anytime you are led by God to do something that's generous, that's lasting, that's worth diving into, you're going to face opposition. You look at, in the scriptures, right from the very beginning, you have Adam and Eve, and they had an opposition in the serpent, all right? You had David, if you know anything about scriptures, and you had his 
Goliath. You have Batman and you have the Joker. See, you guys know this. You didn't know the last two, but some of you knew this one. Well, Nehemiah had his Joker and his Goliath and his serpent, and they were called Sanballat and Tobias. Nehemiah, of course, getting into the story, he was the cupbearer to the king of Babylon. His name was Artaxes. And he wasn't a prophet, he wasn't you know, a, a king, he wasn't someone important, he was just a servant, he was just serving the king. But when he heard about his homeland being broken, his heart broke, and he travels 2,000 kilometers, which would have taken him a really long time, to go back and attempt to rebuild his ancestral home, because he really desired for them to be safe. They were living in appalling conditions. There was no protection. They were open to bandits and thieves and robbers and all these kinds of things. And and Nehemiah, his heart broke for his people. People that he had never met in his life. People he had no kind of relation to because he had been born in Babylon. But his heart broke for these people. And he goes there and he inspires people to attempt to do almost the impossible to build up these walls that had been destroyed by the previous king of Babylon. And so he starts with all of these things. He starts with building the gates. You know, sometimes it's just good to start there. So he he started building the sheep gate, the fish gate, the valley gate, the horse gate, the water gate, the dung gate. I don't know if you, but I don't want to live by the dung gate, (laughs) right? Let me live by the fish gate or, you know, the horse gate even, but... Maybe the horse gate and the dung gate were close together because, you know, what goes in comes out. <laughs> but he was just an ordinary guy inspiring people to do an extraordinary work for God. And what's interesting is that these guys were not masonaries. They were not carpenters. They weren't actually the skilled laborers that he needed. They were goldsmiths. They were perfume makers. They were merchants. They had no skill in construction, in building a wall. But Nehemiah inspired them. And they began to actually make progress. They began to believe in what this work was about, this good work. And as I said, sometimes you'll have opposition, but you'll also have people that God puts in your life that are going to encourage you, that are going to uplift you, that believe in you, that support you. It's important for us to reconcile and be discerning as to who's in our corner to really support us And who is actually opposing us? See, when the work goes down, the opposition shows up. Anytime you start something in your life, in your work, in your school, in your community, wherever it may be, anytime you start a good work, opposition always shows up. And that's exactly what happened in the scriptures. This is what the scriptures say. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews. And in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? You know, that word translated feeble is actually coming from this Greek or Aramic term, which means like, you know, when you cut a flower off from its stem and then you hold it, but it gets feeble and it just falls over because there's no strength, that's what it means. What are these Jews doing? They're just so feeble, they have no strength. Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Tobiah, the Ammonite, 
who was with us at his side, said, What are they building? Even if a fox climbs up on the wall, it would break the wall down. Even if a little fox jumped up, it's so shoddily constructed that it's just going to fall apart when one little thing gets on this wall. See, any time the work starts, opposition shows up. Anytime God leads you to do anything good, anything meaningful in your community, in your family, when you decide, you know what, family, we're going to get together and we're just going to spend some time reading, that's when people call you and say, you need to come over right now. That's when all hell breaks loose. When you decide, hey, I'm going to show up to church and do some serving here, things go wrong, things always go haywire. That's how it is. See, in your world, in your ministry, in your family, you might have ideas, you might have plans, you might have dreams, you might have all these great things that you inspire you to do something. But as soon as you start that, expect opposition. Expect obstacles. Expect resistance. Because that is what happens in our world. We don't live in a perfect world. We live in a world that comes with trouble. So, you know, your story might be, hey, I want to do something this week. I want to encourage someone. I want to build someone's faith this week. And as soon as you decide to do that, it feels like someone is saying something bad about you. Someone starts criticizing you. You decide, hey, this is the first time something in me, I'm just going to go to church today. You know, something in me tells me to go to church and then your car breaks down. You know, your friends tell you you're doing crazy stuff. You don't need to go there. What's, what's wrong with you? You're fine. You don't need that. You start serving in ministry. You decide to show up on Sunday and life gets hard. You know, the bills come. Everything goes wrong. You want to get out of debt. All of a sudden, the interest rate rises. It just doesn't seem like you sometimes have a smooth course in life. Sometimes when you tell someone your heart, they don't respond with positivity. They say, why do you need to do that? You're wasting your time. I'm sure you could do something better. You could do something bigger. There's no point to that. Because you know, you're not qualified enough. You're not smart enough. You're too stupid. That's what they're saying behind your back. You're not capable. We know you can't do it. Don't be surprised when you face opposition. Because anytime you want to move ahead in life, there's going to be people that want to stop you from moving. Because they look at themselves and go, how come he can't just do that? I don't want him to do that. And they might come along next to you and child and be your friend and smile and be all friendly-like, but what they're really trying to do is stop you from getting to where you need to go. Because advancement invites opposition. Advancement invites opposition. They were fine with you as long as you were chilling with them. They were fine with you as long as you went down to the corner store and you sat on the curb and you had a drink with them. They were fine. As soon as you decided to start getting your life together, that's when they had a problem with you. As soon as you decided to stop that addiction, that smoking, that drinking, that porn addiction, whatever it may be, as soon as you decided to do that, they came against you. As long as you were with them, everything was fine. 
There was no problem. There were no issues. See, the enemy doesn't bother those who are not a threat. The enemy doesn't bother those who are not a threat. It's when you walk in the opposite direction to the crowd, to the majority, that's when you face opposition. You ever tried it? You know, when you're in the city, I used to work in the city and I used to go, you know, nine to five, hustle and bustle. Everyone would walk up the escalator, everyone would walk down at five o'clock. But as soon as you try to turn around and walk the other way, there's people bumping into you because you're not going with the majority. And sometimes that's what is in life. As soon as we decide to get our life together, as soon as we decide to get our act together, as soon as we decide that we're going to stand up and do something for God, as soon as we decide we're going to help our family come out of debt, out of issues, out of problems, out of situations, all these people will suddenly turn up and tell you that you're not capable. Not able. Can't do it. And some of us, are influenced by these voices. That's the reality of life. Some of us should be way ahead of where we are right now. But we're not ahead because we've listened to the voices that actually are trying to put us down and convinced ourselves that somehow they're in our corner. Let me tell you how to lead a life that makes no impact, that makes no difference, that just coasts along the way. Well. Do what's comfortable. Sit with the majority. You do you, boo. Whatever you want. You know, create perfectly great Instagram photos and tell the world that you're great when inside you're not. Go to church even. Sit on a bench even. Show up on Sunday even. But don't make any impact. Don't serve. Don't give. Don't do anything. Don't change your family. Don't encourage your family to serve. Don't tell them that it's important. Don't do any of that stuff and you'll make no impact in this world. You'll make no significance in this world. You'll just coast along like everyone else. And when your life ends, there's nothing important that you did. Impacted no person, changed no life, transformed no situation. Perfectly great, comfortable life. Anytime you want to move out of your comfort zone, you're going to invite opposition. Anytime you want to step out in faith, the enemy comes against you. Because as long as you're doing what he wants you to do, he's not going to bother with you. As long as you're chilling with everyone else, doing what they do, he's not going to be concerned with you. But as soon as you become a threat, as soon as you decide you're going to get on your knees and pray, as soon as you decide you're going to lift your hands and worship, as soon as you decide you're going to get in, involved and engaged with what God is doing in your life and the community, he becomes a threat. You become a threat and you face obstacles. Facing obstacles is not something to worry about because it shows that you're actually moving in the right direction. We think that obstacles are actually hindering us. No, obstacles come when you move in the right direction. If you're moving in the wrong direction, you're going to have no pressure, no obstacles, nothing to impede your progress because that's where the easy path is. But as soon as you decide to take the hard path, the right path, you're going to face opposition. 
Opposition always criticizes. It's always the cheapest seats that have the loudest booze. It's the people that don't do anything that have the loudest voice to tell you that you can't do it either. How do you respond to critics? How do you respond to the haters, the naysayers, the doubters? Well, here's a clue. Most of the time, you don't. Notice what Nehemiah doesn't do. Nehemiah doesn't respond, he doesn't answer, and he doesn't defend. Your response is not going to convert critics. The only thing it does is it validates them. I was having a conversation with someone just last week, and I said to them, it doesn't matter how much you prove, it doesn't matter what you say, it doesn't matter what evidence you give, if they've convinced themselves of something, it doesn't matter what you say, they're going to believe it. You could bring a mountain of proof. It's not going to change their mind. Because they believe what they believe. When you acknowledge your critics, you give them power. When you acknowledge your critics, you give them power. They're not really important until you respond if you ignore them, you don't give them power. If you don't give in to their demands, they have no authority. So don't respond to the haters. Don't change your thinking because of what they say. Don't change your living based on what they tell you to do. You do what God has asked you to do. And don't worry about what they say. And yes, it's hard, and yes, it's difficult, because sometimes they drag your name through the mark, but that's okay. You're doing a good work for God. Haters are going to hate. It's not easy to deal with haters. But even more difficult is to deal with those who say they love you. Right? It's easy to recognize the haters because they're loud. Sometimes it's the ones that say they love you but are really going behind you to stab your back. Sometimes it could be a family member, a mother, a father, a brother, a close friend. And they're like, don't be stupid. You can't do that. You won't succeed in that. Don't invest your money in that enterprise because you're just going to waste your time. You're not qualified enough. You know, why don't you stick to what you know? I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to be in your corner. That's what they say. I'm here for you. I don't want you to end up in that situation. So I'm just telling you, don't do that. Don't quit this job because, you know, it's good there. Yes, your boss treats you badly. Yes, you're not like to work. But hey, you get a paycheck. Isn't that good? When you can move into another opportunity that God is moving you into, that will elevate you a different position. Oftentimes, you know, we have this picture, and this is a picture that you've probably heard. How to keep a crab in a bucket. <laughs> you heard about it? How to keep a crab in a bucket is you put another crab in there. Because as soon as one tries to climb out, the other one pulls it back down. 
right? Just fill your bucket full of crabs because as soon as one tries to get out, the other ones will pull it back down. So let not, let's not be crabs, right? <laughs> Tell your neighbor, don't be a crab. Charles <laughs> says crabs are not supposed to be in a bucket. Or <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but when you put a crab in a bucket, that's what they do. So who do you think you are that you can succeed in life, right? You don't know stuff. You don't know anything about anything. You're too old. You're too young. You're too inexperienced. You're too busy. You're too, it's just too negative. You can't do this. You need to turn around and say, well, you don't know my God. You might think I'm inexperienced, but God gives me experience. You might think I'm not qualified, but God qualifies the disqualified. You might think I'm not capable, but I'm more than capable. You don't think that I'm able, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, this is important. Try not to be moved by praise or criticism. Try not to be moved by praise or criticism. By not letting praise go to your head and not letting criticism go into your heart. So often, even in my life, you get down when you hear things people say about you. You get discouraged. You feel like giving up. You like throwing in the towel. But you have to remember who you are. What God called you to do. And as long as you look to Him, you're not going to be able to be influenced by others. As long as you let Him dictate the direction of your life. See, Nehemiah knows what to do. He didn't answer his critics. He answers to God. Instead of engaging at a lower level, Nehemiah turns to a higher power. Right? Instead of going down, Nehemiah went up. He prays as soon as this opposition comes. And this is what it says. Hear us, our God, for we are despised. You see, this is what they're saying about us. They're mocking us. They're making fun of us. They're saying, hey, a little fox drops on your wall and it's going to break. He says, hear us, God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as a plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their hearts. Even in the face of opposition, if people are together doing a work for God, all things are possible. Even when there's criticism around us, with God, it's possible. So he pauses to pray and he gets back to work. He doesn't acknowledge them. He doesn't go out and meet with them. He doesn't go out and have a conversation with them. He doesn't go out and say, hey, we're doing something. You're disrupting me. No, he just prays to God and he gets back to work. He doesn't worry about them. And so they bring another round of opposition. And then he offers another prayer. And he posts gods. See, sometimes we are opposed with both spiritual and practical opposition. Pray as if it depends on God. Work if everything depends on us. Pray like it depends on God, but do the work like everything depends on us. 
as soon as we lose our focus, as soon as we lose what God has placed in us, the work falls down. They built half the wall, but this is what happened next. Verse 10 says, Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, The strength of the laborers is giving out, and there's so much rubble that we can't rebuild the wall. I want you to notice who said there was so much rubbish. It was the people in Judah. Now, if you know anything about Scripture, if you know anything about the tribes of Israel, the word Judah means praise. The tribe of Judah was instructed to go before all the other tribes of Israel and give God praise. When they went into battle, Judah went first and they just worshiped God. But here it says there was so much distraction, so much opposition that they lost their praise. They lost the ability to worship God. They lost their focus on who God was. And they looked at the problem, they looked at the rubble, they looked at the size of the mess, and they go, we're just tired because it's just so much work, and we can't get this work done. While that was happening, verse 11 says, and also our enemies, before they know it, they said, or before they know it or see it, we'll be right there among them, and we'll kill them and put an end to the work. Then the Jews who lived near them Listening to what these people said, they were listening to them and they brought these news over, this news over. They came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. They had formulated plans, they kept up with all kinds of things, blueprints, you know, strategies, things to come and attack these people. And they said, wherever you go, it doesn't matter where you go. We're going to attack you and kill you. And before you, before you even realize it, before you even see it, we're going to in the midst of you and kill you. And the people went from giving God praise to, we're tired. We're tired. The people of Judah doubted. And this is what happens. We face all types of oppositions. If they don't try to get you one way, they'll get you another way. Sometimes there'll be external haters Sometimes there'll be relational people. Sometimes there'll be spiritual people. Judah lost their focus. And Judah was supposed to lead everyone else to praise God. The most difficult to see is always internal opposition. Because sometimes you can deal with the voices on the outside. You can deal with the people talking bad about you. But it's more difficult to deal with the voices inside of you. Your own self-critic that says, you know what, you might as well just give up. You might as well just throw in the towel. You know people don't like you. People aren't for you. People are just hating you. Why are you struggling against this? Just give up. Throw in the towel. It's not important. You don't have what it takes. Maybe this was not what you were supposed to do. Maybe this is not what you're called to do. Maybe this is not what you're designed to do. Just give up. The moment Nehemiah started to battle his own insecurities, though, 
And that's why Nehemiah is such an amazing leader. He took his focus off himself and he put it on God. As soon as we get into our own pity parties, we're so easy to give up. We can go against opposition. We can go against the external oppositions and, and stresses. But as soon as we have that internal voice that says, give up, we just give up. But Nehemiah, he knew how to deal with external opposition as well as internal stresses. And this is what it says. It says, and I looked over things. I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Stop looking at them. Stop looking at you and turn your attention to God. Look at God. Take your focus off self and turn it on to God. Because this battle isn't yours. It's the Lord's, right? He is with us. No matter where we go, and the ups and the downs, God is with us. He's for us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If God is for you, who can be against you? The way to overcome obstacles is to turn your attention to God. Don't listen to the haters. Don't give in to the eternal voice. Put your attention on God. If God is for you, who can oppose you? That doesn't mean that you won't have opposition. That doesn't mean that you won't have people talking about you. That doesn't mean that you won't face any kind of threat or difficult situation. What it means is what David said. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, my God is with me. God is with us. In fact, that's who Jesus is. His name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. It's not about God extracting us from the problems. It's about God coming into the problems. In the midst of our problems, God shows up. The external opposition will only be as loud as my internal insecurities allow them to be. I'll repeat that. The external opposition will only be as loud as my internal insecurities allow them to be. And that's why Nehemiah said to the people, turn your eyes to God. Remember the Lord your God. And he says, and if you read Nehemiah, he says, remember our ancestors. Remember when they were slaves in Egypt. Remember how we went bondage, how God brought us out. Remember how God split the Red Sea. Remember how we crossed on dry land. Remember how he led us out of Egypt by fire and he provided manna for us in the middle of the desert. Remember how God worked in the most difficult seasons of our life. Remember that God is able don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord your God who is great and awesome. And fight for your families. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Stand up because God is standing with you. Do what God's called you to do because he's with you. Remember the Lord and keep fighting. Pay off that debt. 
Remember the Lord and keep fighting for that marriage. Remember the Lord and keep fighting for your children. Remember the Lord and keep standing for success in your life because God is with you. You can overcome that addiction. You can overcome that insecurity. You can overcome that opposition because God is with you. There's people in this world that need help. Children that are abused. Children that are going through difficult seasons. You know, homeless people. Things in this world that are being broken down and destroyed by war and famine and pestilence. And we can do a great work in our community, in our family. Stop listening to the haters and listen to the one who's able to help you. He's able. If you're not ready for opposition, then you won't be ready for God to use you. If you're not ready for opposition, for your obedience to God, then you're not ready to be used by God. Remember the Lord and fight. The greatest opposition against you is also the greatest opportunity for God to fight for you. I want you to understand that. The greatest opposition against you is also the greatest opportunity for God to fight for you. How do you know he's a deliverer? It's when you end up in difficult situations. How do you know that he can bring you out of every circumstance? Because you end up in different circumstances. The greatest opposition against you is the greatest opportunity for God to fight for you. God is on your side. And maybe you've never heard this before. Maybe you've gone through difficult seasons in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your circumstance, at your work, at your school, and you're feeling abandoned and lonely and discouraged. But I'm here to tell you today that God is for you. If there's no one else in your corner, he is in your corner. He'll never throw in the white towel of surrender because when the battle gets hard, he steps in and takes the beating for you. Because our God is able. Use Nehemiah as your inspiration. An amazing book of leadership strategy to go through difficult seasons in your life. God is with you. Turn to your neighbor and tell them. So two people are telling you, God is with you. Tell someone, God is with you. Now you have two people that have told you, me and them. God is with you. Nehemiah, great man. Haters going to hate, right? I have two questions for you and then we'll close. Number one, how can you not let people who oppose you get in your head and stop you from accomplishing your dreams? How can you not let people who oppose you get into your head and stop you from accomplishing your dreams? Maybe they've discouraged you. Maybe they've put you down. Maybe they've talked about you. And you've given up your dream, your idea, your work, whatever it may be, because of all the naysayers. See, sometimes we listen to the, so many voices around us when we need to listen to the one voice that really matters. 
So let's tune out all these other voices and tune in to the one that can help us. You know, when I was young, and some of you young people probably would never understand this concept, but back in the day, they used to have radios that you had to tune, right? Some of you older people would understand that. Nowadays, you just press a button and you get the perfect clarity. But it wasn't that way. You had to get this radio, there was a big dial, and I remember listening or watching my grandfather, and he had to tune it, and it would take him a long time to tune in because there was static here and there, and he had to get it just right to get the voice clear, because this voice was coming from hundreds of miles away, right, over the radio. And he had to tune it manually to get it just right. And if it wasn't tuned right, you'd get static and you couldn't hear the voice. And some of us, as young people, we don't understand that because we don't understand how to tune something. We have to tune ourselves to his voice because there's so many voices coming in direction all the time. And in our world, we are filled with voices like no other generation before. We have it on TV, we have it on our phones, we have it on broadcasts. We can, everywhere we go, there's things blaring at us through our, in our eyes, in our ears, in our, in our world. It's constantly filled with noise. And the louder the world gets, the softer we hear from God. So we, as Christ followers, we need to get to the point where we tune out all the other distractions and tune in to his voice. So his voice becomes clear because it's the most important one. And let all the other voices drown out. Number two, which is basically what I just said, how can you dull the voices of your haters and turn up the voice of your supporter? Right? How do you dull the voices of your haters and turn up the voice of your supporter, in this case, is God. He is your number one supporter. He's for you. If God had a wallet, your picture would be on it. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. Even your mess. You know, you, some of you have kids and they make a mess and you tell them it's a beautiful artwork, right? It's messy. It's horrible. It's the most disgusting thing you've ever seen. There's lines going everywhere. But you're like, wow, honey, that's awesome. I'm going to put it on the fridge. Not because it's great, but because you love them. Not because the artwork is great, but because you care about them. So, yes, we have mess in our life, but God's not looking at our mess because He loves us. And that's why your picture is on the fridge. Not because we have some perfect life, but because He loves you. So how can you dull the voices of your haters and turn up the voice of your supporter? Maybe it's doing a devotional. Maybe it's joining a life group. Maybe it's coming to church on a consistent basis. Maybe it's getting with other Christ followers and talking about how God moves in your life. And maybe it's just talking to other people that don't know God about how great He is. Whatever it may be, God's voice is so important in our life. Let's tune in a little bit more. Right? Let's stand. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. 
Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.